The days are getting longer as the natural world continues on while human systems continue to be called into question. Today is January 12, 2021, and this is another quick documentation of some of what's happening under this portion of the sun's rays in a little show called Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and thank you for taking a listen. Pass it on to someone else when you're done. On today's show, the Scottsville Town Council responds to racist propaganda distributed over the weekend. The Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee gets an update on Albemarle's new housing policy, and Louisa County Schools will transition to virtual instruction for the next two weeks. With the COVID pandemic still raging, today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is from an anonymous contributor who is once again here to state clearly, we keep each other safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. Louisa County Public Schools will transition to virtual instruction for a limited period of time due to staffing. A Virginia Department of Education map that lists the status of school systems in the Commonwealth shows Louisa as being all hybrid. Let's hear from their superintendent. Hello Team LCPS, this is your superintendent Doug Straley and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, I am announcing that LCPS will transition to a fully remote learning model beginning on Thursday, January 14th and we will remain in this model through Friday, January 29th. Today, Louisa reported another 18 COVID cases, and the two core indicators used by the Centers for Disease Control indicate the county is at the highest risk of community transition in schools. The 14-day average for positive tests is 15.1%, and the total number of cases per 100,000 population over the past 14 days is 785.8. But the closure is not due to the rising number of cases. We have a large number of staff members right now who are quarantined due to being close contacts to COVID-19 positive individuals who aren't connected to LCPS. Because of the high amount of staff members who are quarantined, we do not have enough substitutes or staff to adequately fill vacancies, provide instruction, and maintain our health and safety strategies. Louisa's 18 cases are part of the 4,561 reported by the Virginia Department of Health this morning. The percent positive rate dropped to 16.4% statewide, but today's numbers are based on 19,287 tests. That amount is lower than most days and reflects a trend of a lower amount of data points experienced after weekends. The total amount of cases reported in the Blue Ridge Health District is 59, the lowest number in the district since last Tuesday. Since then, the average daily count is 149 per day. The University of Virginia Health System announced today that they will stop admitting visitors except in limited circumstances beginning tomorrow. This applies to UVA inpatient units, emergency department, outpatient clinics, and outpatient procedural areas. These changes are being made to help protect the health of our patients and team members as COVID-19 cases have increased in the Charlottesville area and throughout Virginia. For more information, visit the UVA Health website. The Scottsville Town Council met last night for their first meeting of the year with a work session, and the topic of public safety came up in several ways. First, Town Police Chief Jeff Fullwinkle updated the council on compliance with a presidential executive order issued last summer in the wake of the protests that rocked the nation 
after George Floyd was killed on May 25th after being held to the ground for nine and a half minutes by a police officer's knee. So it's a presidential executive order related to community policing and, and safety and requires us to show um, that we have a use of force policy that complies with the federal and state laws as it relates to use of, ex use of excessive force, the fact that we have a duty to intervene within the policy, um, as well as uh, barring chokeholds. Volwinkle said the police department's accreditation would be in jeopardy and it could not receive federal funds without having made the policy change. He also told counsel he has been in touch with federal and local authorities regarding the distribution of racist flyers in and around Scottsville over the weekend. I've been in touch with uh, the FBI, the Commonwealth Attorney, um, and our adjoining agencies uh, to converse with them as to, as to what they have seen or heard related to this matter. And I have uh, reached out to the Virginia Fusion Center as it relates to receiving intelligence from them. The Virginia Fusion Center is a counterterrorism agency. Later in the meeting, the council discussed a draft of a proposed mayoral declaration of the ideals of the Scottsville community. Vice Mayor Laura Malusi read it in the absence of Mayor Ron Smith. We are Scottsville's community and local government. We are a small town like thousands of others in our United States, but we all have responsibilities to action when our country is threatened. The statement went on to say that the community does not condone, quote, political violence and intimidation, bigotry and political corruption. Councillor Ed Payne said he supported the statement, but took issue with one phrase. The one word that troubles me um, is the term political violence. Now, that's timely because there has been recent political violence, but as we all lived through 2020, we saw there were other forms of violence that may, in some opinion, have been political or may not have, social maybe. Um, if this is to go out to the public, um, I would like to see the word political struck from the from the text of this because violence is violence. Councillor Dan Gritzko agreed with Payne and said he appreciated what Mayor Smith was trying to do, especially in light of the racist propaganda that was distributed over the weekend. I applaud his effort to be proactive, to remind our citizens and to remind those around us who might want to stir up trouble that we don't want that here. We are trying to create a community that's inclusive, that honors people of enormously different backgrounds. Jim Bowling serves as the attorney for the town of Scottsville. After the discussion on the mayoral declaration, he updated council on the weekend's incident. I can't stress enough that um, um, I'd be surprised if this was totally done by outsiders, and I think you're going to find some regional or local people involved. And uh, um, it's important that the town citizens take on uh, the responsibility to help their other citizens in trying to find uh, whoever's responsible for this. Council discussed a potential reward for more information, but Councillor Dan Gritzko said he was concerned about overreaction. I'm not overly worried about, so to speak, who did it. We'll find out who did it one way or the other. But my point is we we should be thick-skinned enough as a as a people to be able to deal with some somebody's poor reasoning or poor 
thinking in the light of freedom of speech as a country. Gritzko said he regularly takes students to the National Holocaust Museum in D.C., and the truth is that the Nazis murdered millions of people. But Bolding pointed out that the flyers were intended to intimidate. The point here, though, is that this this is criminal behavior. Yes. Exactly. And this domestic terrorism, and yep. this, anything else, is to, is to kick it under the table. Will it happen again? Vice Mayor Malusi told anyone watching to notify the authorities if they are intimidated. You received information you're not comfortable with, or even are comfortable with. Um, if if you're feeling threatened in any way, to please um, contact our chief of police, yep. um, and to share that, that information with him. If you don't live in the town, but you're in the county of Albemarle, county of Buckingham, county of Nelson, county of Fluvanna, to reach out to those police. The Scottsville Town Council will meet again next week. The Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee also met last night for its first meeting of the year. They got an update from the Robertson Development Group on forthcoming construction at Rivanna Village, a mixed-use development that can have up to 400 residential units and 60,000 square feet of commercial space. Here is the firm's Tim Culpepper. We have been actively developing what we call phase two of Rivanna Village for probably the last five or six months. Um, You have probably noticed over the past uh, probably 60 or 90 days, our development activity has has slowed down considerably. Um, We are, um, we have all of our various plans um, approved on the county level. We are waiting on one approval from, uh, from VDOT for Uh, the approval of several spans across streams in Phase 2. Culpepper said the first 40 lots in Phase 2 will be delivered to builders about 90 days after the approval from VDOT. Phase 1 continues to be under development, and all of the lots have now been sold to builders. There are 107 units in this phase, consisting of a mix of villas, townhomes, and single-family units. The exact number of units in Phase 2 is not yet known because they are still figuring out the lot sizes, but Culpepper said it will be in the range of 100 to 200 units. They're going to fall short of the total amount allowed under the rezoning. We are are not going to come close to 400, I don't think, at the end of the day, as I just mentioned. The reasons for that are we um, we have opted to uh, deliver more what I'll call traditional single-family detached lots within the community and fewer of the uh, town. Obviously, the more townhouse units we do, the more density we'll be able to achieve uh, because those are, those are much narrower units. Culpepper said an easement has been obtained for a second entrance onto US-250, and that work could be completed in the middle of the year. The other major improvement from, um, from the public's perspective is uh, we are developing a uh, significant park and rec improvement uh, there in Rivanna Village, which is uh, round numbers of uh, 18 or 19 acre park with a dog park and walking trails and um, there's some playing fields and, and, and other parks and rec improvements there.
There are no tenants lined up for the commercial space, which Culpepper chalks up to the pandemic, as well as the fact that the plans submitted for the rezoned property relegated non-residential uses to areas that are perhaps not viable. The Robertson Development Group purchased the property in November of 2016. The orientation of the commercial space on the master plan that we inherited is not traditional commercial space. It doesn't have any visibility on a major thoroughfare. Um, it doesn't have any, any, any real retail exposure. Um, so that has presented, uh, has presented some challenges in, um, in, in, in the type of user that we could attract to that location. Culpepper said there has been interest from childcare and healthcare companies, but no leases have yet been signed. After that discussion, Albemarle Housing Coordinator Stacy Pethia gave an update on the Housing Albemarle Project, an initiative to update the county's affordable housing plan. So the county has had an affordable housing policy that was adopted in 2004, and that's what the county has been working on since then. Um, It was readopted with some minor updates in 2015 with the comprehensive plan update. Then in April of 2019, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission released a regional housing needs assessment, and that really highlighted um, what the affordable housing needs and market rate housing needs will be um, today, so where we have a gap in housing provision and what they, it projected what that gap will be and need will be out until 2040. The report found that Albemarle needs 11,750 additional units by 2040 to meet population projections, and that includes new legislative approval for about 3,600 units. The public comment period will begin sometime in the coming weeks or by the middle of February. Albemarle limits dense growth to only about 5% of its total landmass of 726 square miles. One member of the committee, Dottie Martin, had this observation. Since Albemarle County has, what do we have, five or six growth areas, five or six growth areas cannot absorb that many homes, no matter what you do. It certainly would influence the, uh, the, the, the quality of living, for sure. Martin asked Supervisor Donna Price if the county would consider adding more growth areas. Price said she personally was not. It's my understanding right now that the board is not looking to expand development areas. Um, My belief is that we need to complete development within our development areas before we look to expand. You can watch the rest of that discussion on the Albemarle County YouTube channel. And that's it for today's installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement newscast, newsletter, and general roundup of information. Thank you very much for listening, and I do hope that you've learned something. And if you have learned something, and if you want to continue to learn things well into the future, one thing you can do is consider some sort of a financial uh, support. There's many ways you can do that. One, you can subscribe to a Substack subscription, uh, either at the annual rate, or you can kick in a little bit more at the founder's rate. You can support my general government research through a Patreon contribution. You can send me a check. You can write me on Venmo. Um, I got something on Zelle this week, and I'm trying to figure out new ways to get 
new shout outs and new things. And so you're going to see some experiments with that in the coming weeks. Um, very excited about the future and what we are all doing here together. You guys are supporting me and I am working hard to make sure I bring you information about what's happening across this entire region. Another thing you can do is consider if you have a business, consider an advertisement, consider doing something like a sponsorship. I'm still looking to figure out a way to, to uh, make that work for all of us, um, but the audience is growing. I'm really impressed with how many people are reading these each day, and uh, that's where you can also help. If you cannot make a financial contribution at this time, send it on to somebody else. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your professors if you're younger. If you're a professor, tell your students. I mean, you know, like, uh, don't make me sing. We are the people in your neighborhood. Although for a contribution, I'll do that. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. We'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe out there. Do something nice for someone else and, uh, you know, keep your eyes open and pay attention. Stay safe. Stay safe.